Puck comes to the right side, half wall. so there, opens up, he shoots, score! William Carlson tipped it home. 3-0 Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Ducks back in. Vitrano put it on goal. Save Thompson. He sprawls and gets the rebound too. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. In Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Where have you guys been? I've been hanging out nighttime at noon with Darren Elliott. We had a fantastic tee-up to the show, and then I take uh, a brief break for lunch, come back at 4 o'clock, and you guys aren't anywhere to be found. I'm hanging out in Studio 31 by myself. Well, it helps when you well, turn your headphones on. Today. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, I was here ready to go at 4 o'clock waiting for the intro and nothing. People are, are texting me saying, what's going on? What's happening? Did, you guys didn't did show up. Did you read my tweet? You didn't no. read my tweet? No, I just show up for work every day. That's that's what you do. Right, right. Today, work starts at 5 o'clock. Chapman, we got we to gotta get on this, right, buddy? No. Old pal? No. Best friend in the world? Nope. I thought uh, we, we told everybody we were starting at 5. I don't remember anybody yeah, saying it, it was starting at 5. I, I'm ready to go all day long. Uh, fired up for this one. Uh, the big one versus two in the 2015 draft uh, served up some fireworks on Saturday night in the overtime decision against the Edmonton Oilers. And now tonight, with a 7.30 faceoff, that's really why we're on the air at 5 o'clock with the VGK Insider Show, Vegas gets the uh, the final opponent that they haven't seen inside the Pacific Division, and that's the Vancouver Canucks. A very similar club in that they're top-heavy. They rely on three or four guys to score a lot of their goals, which should be an advantage when you look at a game plan scenario uh, that you're going against uh, the same same type of uh, opposition. Yeah, I mean, it, it should, right? It, for the Golden Knights, uh, who did you know largely a, a good job uh, against the Edmonton Oilers of kind of shutting down uh, Connor McDavid as, as best you can, Leon Dreisaitl as best you can, um, really you, you, those guys, are, are you're not going to really be able to shut them down. You just have to minimize what they're able to do. I thought the Golden Knights did a pretty good job of doing that on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be kind of a, a similar situation here against the Vancouver Canucks. You, you're looking to shut down Bo Horvat. You're looking to shut down Elias Pettersson uh, and really the players on Vancouver that, that are, are providing uh, that offensive touch. So for the Golden Knights, it's, it's similar game plans going into this one, but I would argue that the high-end finishing power is is certainly much greater with the Edmonton yeah. Oilers. Yeah, you got two, two MVPs on the Edmonton Oilers and a couple of guys that hope to get there. Patterson was Rookie of the Year and is expected to develop into a top 10 point producer in the National Hockey League. And Bo Horvat has had a start for the ages this year. We'll get to the temperature in Vancouver and what's going on around that hockey club. There's a uh, more speculation every day about the leadership of uh, the Vancouver Canucks and head coach Bruce Boudreau. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Just want to tell everybody, because of the condensed show today and only being on 
at 5 instead of 4. We are going to push back the open phones to tomorrow where we can give it uh, all the room that it needs. So Mike and Stephanie and Jared and Jason, I uh, want to let you know that uh, we will be back with you tomorrow and give you expanded time on the VGK Insider Show. Just uh, don't want to do anything 50% or 60% uh, along that line. Uh, let's also get into our game rankings from the contest against Edmonton, and then we can focus uh, a little bit more uh, specifically on the Vancouver Canucks. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. Discontinued cars. Well, we've got the old Pacer at number one, a two out of five is a station wagon, three out of five a Hummer. Do I hear a Trans Am for number four? And if it's a perfect game, you are sold with a DeLorean. Chapman, what say you? I am going with a Trans Am. I thought they played a really good game, uh, battled back uh, a couple times. I thought, you know, they, they, they handled Connor McDavid fairly well until that overtime in which, you know, like I told my wife, I said, this guy's either going to stay out there for all five minutes or he's going to do something absolutely amazing as we're watching the game. And sure enough, he he took over uh, that, that overtime there and he was able to score a ridiculous goal. I don't think any keeper in the in the league is going to save that. But uh, I thought they played good, and I'm happy that they were able to get a point. I, I I think there was a lot to be proud of. And look, now you're on a Vancouver. But as far as Saturday, I thought they played a good game. You baffle me with your rankings. Why? When it should be a DeLorean, <laughs> no, you don't no, give it. No, when it could be something down the list. You you trade up. And one more thing, and Chapman, we are buddies. We are good friends. You were over at my house for a great cup party. Uh, <laughs> listen, keep your football out of my hockey. Go all right? Argos. <laughs> it's like the Reese's Pieces, peanut butter and chocolate. Mm-hmm. Keep your football, your soccer, out of my hockey with a reference yeah, yeah, to I Keeper. Know. I know. All right? I, I, I watched a little too much World Cup last yes. day, so, so yes. obviously not Keeper. Goalie. You will be fine. No goalie in the, the league the is going to save that shot. Not I will ask for yeah. my leftovers back from uh, our bonding session yesterday. Uh, what about you there, Ryan? I'm more interested in the bonding session you guys had at the uh, Maple Cookies. Hanging yeah. out, baby. Yeah, Maple wow. Cookies, yeah, all sorts right. of good stuff. Darren, Darren, highly Chapman. disappointed that the uh, Bombers choked. Yeah, well, we were at Hammers for a while, and then we went back to my place uh, for for the nightcap. It was good. Uh, Hammers over in uh, in Henderson. Uh, Wallace, give me your game yeah. rating from Saturday. Yeah, I'm going right in the middle. A hummer for me. Uh, listen, mm. I think they defended incredibly well. They they did a lot of good things against Connor McDavid. Um, you know, I, I just I I think that for me, I wanted the result more than anything else. I wanted the two points for the Golden Knights. I'm glad they got a point out of it. I'm glad you have an opportunity to go three out of four points on this road trip with a good strong game uh, tonight. But um, I I just I yeah, there was something that just that was that felt off to me in terms of their game so i'm going right in the middle three out of five incredible uh, how you base things on just the result uh, i'm surprised uh, by that but when you look at what they it's did against always. Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl in that top group yeah they gave up some chances give a power play goal i would have liked the dreisaitl drive to be stopped quite honestly and then you get yourself into a much better advantageous position the overtime goal it's it is what it is. It's the best player in the world in a three on three, and you're rolling the dice. Much like what Jack Eichel did to the Winnipeg Jets, taking advantage of a tired situation where he blew by 
Mark Scheifley and was able to dunk at home. Uh, good players, special players do really unique things, and that's what we saw with Connor McDavid. But through regulation, they didn't give up much or anything. There were some shots. There were some shot attempts, but no breakaways. Two-on-ones, did you see any of those? Two. Uh, there, there was very little in the way of giving those superstars the opportunity to change the game. And I was really impressed with executing their game plan. And there's, there's winning, then there's winning the right way. Well, they did that, accomplished both things against the Arizona Coyotes. And the only thing missing was the W or the extra point against the Edmonton Oilers. 22 shots? against that team in Edmonton, Mike, you may not see a, a more locked-down effort against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in their 82 games this season, even in games in which uh, they're, they're held completely off the scoreboard. They, they may do more in those games than they did against uh, Vegas because it was top-notch when it comes to playing a team game. And so I, I went Trans Am with it because of that entire team game and being able to do it. And I, as far as my rating goes, I really, full honesty here, threw out the overtime goal because it was just a spectacular play by the best player in the world who turned on the Jets, and there's nothing you can do about it, and it's three on three. So uh, it is what it is in that regard, and I tip my cap to him. Yeah, that's fair. Like I'm, I'm good with it. I, I don't have a strong pull one way or another. I, I, you want to go three, you want to go four, kind of like right there in the middle, a little bit better. I, I look at that game for the Golden Knights and be say, be careful, if Ryan. You repeat, be careful up what? there on the fence. You can't go one um, way or the other. You might fall off and hurt yourself sitting between a four and a three. I said you could. Okay. Um, it's one of those days, I can tell. It's great. Well, you're, you're, you got, you're you got, on you, you're fire, not, buddy. Well, my, the my result buddy matters, Darren. The result matters. Like, but I'm sorry. You in can't this just case, throw out the fact that the result doesn't matter. It does. The, you're in the business of winning and losing, not picking up a point when you should have gotten two. And I guess that's my biggest issue. In regulation, the Golden Knights should have come back and won this game. It feels like they left the point on the table. Therefore, it's a three out of five. It should have been two points in the bank. It wasn't. Yeah, I, I mean, the coach will look at, and coaches love wins. They hate walking out of the rink with anything not in their back pocket. So one out of two points uh, against Edmonton. It should have been two. You would have liked two. You held them to 22 shots. You would have uh, much preferred and expected your power play to come up uh, a little more timely in that game and be able to earn you that, that extra point. And maybe maybe you, you should have in regulation. But I guarantee you that will be one of the more complimentary press conferences or coaches' interviews that we will hear all year from Bruce Cassidy after a loss. It's possible. Very well, maybe. I guarantee it. Don't want the result. I'm not, I'm not sitting on a fence. I'll guarantee it. I'm not either. I wanted the result. They played well enough to win the game. They didn't win the game. It brings the rating down when you don't win the game. Four out of five. Four out of five. And then a Scroogey type three out of five yeah, I'm in a mood, from buddy. Ryan Wallace. A total of 11.
uh, on the uh, on the night uh, against the Edmonton Oilers out of a possible 15. And when you weigh out the averages, uh, like an 11 out of 15 in a game in which you don't win, maybe it slots in exactly where you should be. Where, where they really kind of kick themselves would be the power play didn't come up big against a, a penalty-killing unit, much like tonight's unit in Vancouver, that is in the bottom third of the National Hockey League. It's been a rare case where the power play let them down, if you want to use that term. But you could probably pin it as much on, on the man advantage as anything the other night. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have obviously liked execution on the man advantage. And, and you know, it's it's skewed a bit, right? Because Mark Stone scores on a on a penalty shot, which is, a, in in theory, a special team's play, right? But, but it's, it's not, not right? your power play. But it's but it's not yeah. it's it's not your power play coming through yeah. for you where the Golden Knights had opportunities. Do you think and, it should count you know, the Oilers as as special? I mean, it is a special team yeah. play. Like it's, we were talking about the other player, night with but, with Megan Bozak and and Darren Elliott yeah. and and that that exact same thing where it's like it, you, it, you draw you draw a, a penalty in the sense of it's mm-hmm. a penalty shot, but it doesn't go towards your your power play statistics and. Me, I don't know. More penalty shots are stopped than scored, so maybe the power yeah. play people yeah. would would are, are just fine with it. But but when you go sure. in there, and yeah. by the way, Stuart Skinner, uh, the, the advice came from Logan Thompson on where to shoot mm-hmm. on yeah. Skinner. Uh, when when Mark got the penalty shot, he went over and talked to Logan. Logan played in the American Hockey League, head to head with with Stuart Skinner uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. especially in the COVID year when they played that extra series, Bakersfield and, and Vegas. And so they know a lot about each other in Logan and Stewart. And Logan said five-hole. I went and looked it up today. No goaltender's given up more five-hole goals this year in the National Hockey League than Stuart Skinner. That is a credit to Logan Thompson for knowing his game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. And it's it's great that, you know, Mark Stone and, and Logan Thompson were able to kind of figure out and convene on where – Mark should go with the shot, and I, I think that it's it's just a really heady play by Mark Stone coming in on that penalty shot. He goes five hole. He's able to get the the shot off quick, and you know, stick taps obviously to Logan Thompson for giving Mark the scouting report in real time on the bench prior to the penalty shot. Um, in that regard, like yeah, sure, it, it should absolutely count toward your um, your power play numbers, but it it doesn't, and and it's a different set set of play. It's a different rule. It's a different everything. Uh, well. I'm with it, but the Golden Knights still had three power play opportunities outside of the power uh, of the of the penalty shot, and that's the part that, to me, yeah, is, that, that is, part has to improve. It, it's got to get better. And for a Golden Knights team that has been better so far on the on the power play this year, I, I think you look at this game as one of those one of those spots where against a, a penalty kill in Edmonton that's not tops in the league, y- you need a little bit more at least momentum carrying you through. Uh, it just wasn't there for me for the Golden Knights. It just wasn't. Yeah, I think it's it's on the verge of breaking out and going on like a real ripper, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. I have seen signs of it. Uh, we saw all the shots against the Arizona Coyotes, and they had the, their fair share of shots on goal uh, the other night against Edmonton. Not as efficient as the game before, but I'm seeing signs here of things really Jumping into the fast lane and putting the putting the pedal down uh, for the, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it was Mark Stone's first two goal game in in a 
2022 in that this year. Hmm. He scored a two-goal game right before Christmas last year uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I, I think that there might be a, a jump start with him uh, on this category. I mean, he's a 20-goal scorer when he's healthy. That's in the bank. But watching the way he scored, both in the penalty shot, and he gets in alone a lot more than people think. He has he jokes about yeah. his speed playing with Jack and Chandler and being the late guy gets a, a lot of pucks coming his way. But you watch him. He has the ability to beat players one-on-one. Uh, he's a lot trickier than he would lead you uh, to think. And then when he scored from range with his other goal, uh, I, that was yeah. really impressive. So keep an eye on Mark Stone warming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're you're right on the money there. Mark Stone's been very good. Uh, the the two goal outburst was was something you like to see, just kind of for the confidence factor of putting the puck in the back of the net for for the captain. But you know the the play on on Mar- on the third goal of the game, Mark's st- second goal of the game, Jack Eichel holding the puck in at the blue line, and then just the pretty passing that leads to Mark Stone walking down the middle of the ice for that shot. Uh, that was exactly what I want to see from that top line in terms of puck movement, in terms of uh, finding their shot, a dangerous look. Uh, I loved that play from that line specifically. So when you when you evaluate a line and expected production out of mm-hmm. three players, and it ranges from we talked about the the misfits uh, uh, having their game going in the right direction, the K Rock line, the fourth line, uh, all three of those players. When you put Nick Waugh into the fold, are having career years, and they're in and around the uh, forty goal mark as as a threesome. Well, that line of Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, and Chandler Stevenson is in a totally different stratosphere. Like Eichel is, he's looking at at fifty here, right right around there. Uh, Chandler Stevenson is thirty five, and and Mark Stone is right in the mix as well, around like thirty thirty plus goals. You add that up as a line, and and what the potential is, and if Mark Stone picks up a little bit, I'll give him thirty five. Chandler Stevenson doesn't look like uh, when you go from last year in in thirty to uh, now uh, turning it on this season, thirty five is is certainly uh, easily achievable. You're now discussing over a hundred goals as a line, which gets you into elite territory in a well-balanced line. Yeah, it, it would be real it would be real advantageous and and it would be awesome to see if the Golden Knights were kind of able to keep that line producing the way that they have. Jack's start to the year has been uh, nothing short of amazing and I, I think that you're still going to get a better version of Jack Eichel as we get deeper and deeper into the season, uh, which is pretty scary if if you're an opponent specifically in the Pacific Division. Mark Stone starting to heat up to me is going to be the big key because I, I just I look at his production and if we're going to get plus 20 goals from Mark Stone, especially with all the question marks kind of coming into the season with his health, that's a boon for the Golden Knights. And Chandler Stevenson to me is just He's continued to rise and continued to get better every single day since coming over to the Vegas Golden Knights, and he fits in so well with Jack Eichel. The speed that he's got to play with Eichel, the, the familiarity that he has with Mark Stone and the chemistry there, um, that trio can do some damage, and it would be great if they continue to pace themselves uh, this way throughout the rest of the year. He has points in 10 of his last 11 games. We're talking about Jack Eichel. Uh, Chandler Stevenson is is sort of the X factor still for me. 
And when I say he's the X Factor, I think what he's done has been marvelous. I just don't know where the ceiling is because he keeps moving the ceiling. He keeps doing renos on the room and giving me a higher ceiling and a, a different uh, path uh, to his game and being able to strengthen that. Stone, I've got down 25, book it, and it's just a matter of does does he get to 30? And and that would be just wonderful for him. Uh, Chandler Stevenson could make the whole thing uh, move into uh, a different reign. Yeah, and and you know, like for me right now with Chandler Stevenson, and and you're you're not wrong, Darren, when you kind of look at his numbers with the Vegas Golden Knights and every single season uh, since 2019-20, it's just been a sliding bar of how much better can Chandler Stevenson get. 22 points to 35 points to 64 points last year. Goals went up from 8 to 14 to 21. And right now he's on pace for about 26 goals. So uh, I don't know that there's really a a clear answer as to how good Chandler Stevenson can be because you make the argument right now that this is the best line that he's ever played on and he was on one of the best lines in hockey when it was Chandler Stevenson with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. So... um, the sky's the limit for him, really, in my estimation, and I think you're right. He's kind of the the unknown, the unquantifiable, but that's a, a good thing because it's it's unknown in the right direction. How high can he soar? How high can uh, can those goal totals, points totals get? Well, we might find out this year. Got some uh, opinions to share with you on the state of the Vancouver Canucks as the Golden Knights face their Pacific Division rival for the first time this year, and it has been an adventure so far for the team in the lower mainland of BC. And we'll also get into some sound from today, including uh, Bruce Cassidy talking about his team and a milestone marker for Jonathan Marcheseau. And I'll tell you how that went down in the dressing room as we continue. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Fresh off our Grey Cup bonding session, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, hanging out again, along with Ryan Wallace, who's sour he didn't get invited to Henderson and Hammers. Uh, lots of great nachos, lots of great uh, good times. Now we're back at it, talking hockey, with the Vegas Golden Knights up against the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Vancouver enters with a record of 6-9-3. and three. And that's actually decent compared to how they started at 0-5-2. and two. It was... Sure. As close to a full-out disaster as you get in the National Hockey League. Because compounding 05 and 2 was several multi-goal leads in which they end up losing. And it snowballed from there. To the point that there has been rampant speculation about the future of the head coach in Bruce Boudreaux, my buddy. And not exactly a ton of support from upstairs as both the general manager and the president of hockey operations have offered statements or interviews in which they have been critical of the head coach. To the point that on Saturday night, coming off a win, Vancouver went out and played Los Angeles. There was speculation that if Vancouver didn't win that game in a couple of days, to think about it, they might make a change. Vancouver won the game, and I don't know whether it was a stay 
of replacement for Bruce Boudreaux, but he started his postgame interview with, well, I get to do this again, acknowledging <laughs> the fact that there is plenty of heat on him. If it mm-hmm. doesn't go great tonight, don't be surprised that there is a change because the the comments that have been offered up from the organization have been very far from supportive uh, of Bruce. And it does feel like it's a matter of time. And there's several people in the hockey world who are not exactly pleased with the treatment that Bruce is getting and support he's getting. He's he's basically being left out there to uh, waft in the wind. And it's it's not reflecting well. He's a top five coach in the National Hockey League when it comes to uh, to winning percentage. He's right there with Bruce Cassidy. Uh, so right. if if it goes bad tonight, he, but here's the thing, and I, you guys know I'm Bruce's buddy. Bruce and I are friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If in looking at this from a pure Vegas standpoint, if you go out there and you do what you've done this year in the first period and you score a few. Now, Vancouver's pretty good in the first mm-hmm. period, too. They just can't hold the lead. But if you're able right. to, to to really take care of your end defensively and put a few in, it creates a very nervous atmosphere, borderline toxic, at Rogers sure. Arena. This is not a fan base that handles it well. <laughs> this no, is not. a very uh, feisty fan base. Mm-hmm. And this goes back a long time, from way before uh, the riots after the 2011 Stanley Cup final and the Game Seven loss against the Boston Bruins. Like they've always been like that. It was it was a graveyard for goalies. It was so hard for goaltenders to go in there and play in that market. Uh, they basically went there, and it was the end of their career. It happened over and over. It's it's a very intense uh, market. But from a VGK point of view, put a couple on the board early. And then it's almost like lighting the fuse and seeing what what could happen in that environment. It'll make it really difficult. Uh, talking booze, I'm talking jerseys on the ice, I'm talking a, a lot of shots of the head coach. It, it'll be uncomfortable for Vancouver. Yeah, it's it's been an uncomfortable season for the Vancouver Canucks, and I, I think that there's kind of a, a fragility that is there with within the within the team where if you know even if you have a lead it doesn't necessarily feel particularly safe you're always kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop mainly because the Vancouver Canucks as you mentioned Darren have had multi-goal leads multiple times this season and have let that kind of squander and and fall by the wayside so for the Golden Knights best case scenario you you put some tension into the building when they're already tense uh, it can absolutely implode, and it really doesn't matter what you're doing on the ice. It, it could just be uh, between the ears for the Vancouver Canucks. So I, I'm very curious to see the first 20 minutes of this game and whether or not the Golden Knights can put Vancouver in that uncomfortable spot. Well, the first 10 games, it was all about the leads that were getting away from them, and they were in spectacular mm-hmm. fashion. They could have had an amazing road trip because they did some renovations at Rogers Arena. That's why the team had to go out on the road to, to start. And they they were a period each night away from having a spectacular road trip, and it went the other way. That was the storyline for the first 10 games. The last sure. eight has been the commentary from management above, and it's, it's overtaken what happened sure. early on as a storyline. And it, but it's it's compounded 
the explosive nature of of people waiting for something to happen. Now, uh, there, there's been some good parts. Bo Horvat's been spectacular. Uh, Elias Peterson has been back to his side of the game. They're getting some some real good production there. But the defense hasn't been very good. Quinn Hughes hasn't scored, and their goaltending has been average to the point. Thatcher Demko, everybody in Vegas knows about Thatcher Demko from the bubble and what he almost did in coming in relief for Jacob Markstrom in in those final four games. He was spectacular, and the only reason why that went down uh, to the the wire. And if not for that Robin Leonard right-to-left save off a two-on-one, It might have gone Vancouver's way in that series. And and what uh, what a disappointment that would have been, given that it was very apparent that Vegas was the better team. Thatcher Demko was just so spectacular. Well, he hasn't been this year. And there's uh, one line where he just, he's too comfortable. He, he's sort of not, not uh, as dialed in as he was before. There's the other part that, uh, that, that maybe his, his game's just fallen off a little bit. But they've got Spencer Martin there, who's journeyman's not the right word. But he's played in a couple of different organizations, hasn't been able to find full-time work in the NHL. Martin has by a touch overtaken Demko in the overall play this year. And they've alternated for the last 10 games. Did you expect that at all? Not a chance. Spencer Martin was going to split time with Thatcher Demko. And that's the level that that it's reached in Vancouver where they're searching for something to get them going that they'll pass by their their franchise goalie. Okay, so let, let me ask you this question. Do you feel like the decision's already been made when it comes to Bruce Boudreaux? Like, sure sounds do like believe. it. Well, okay, then what's what? What are you waiting for? Easy. They fired Travis Green last year. They're still I, no, paying I, Travis I get Green. That. They're still I, paying I Travis that. Green. Do you think the I, owner, the owner who's very conscious of money, I'm, they I'm very are not aware. looking to be paying three coaches at one time? That's why. But, that's the only reason why I don't think a decision has been made. Okay, so that being said, if you have rumblings that if you do not win against the Los Angeles Kings on Saturday, yep. that something's going to happen. But you win, and then you kick the can down the road. Like, I get it. It gets you a couple of extra days, but you're not paying three coaches, two of which not to, to coach your team. But, you know, beyond that, if you've got a decision made and you believe as an ownership group, and I don't know if this is what the belief of the ownership group is, you would imagine based on uh, re-signing JT Miller, you, you think you have something, you think you can push toward a playoff spot, you're wasting time. It doesn't make any sense. If you think you can salvage the season, if you think you can push hard down the stretch and get yourself into the playoffs, then you've got to make a decision soon. If you're not going to, stop with the rhetoric and just let Bruce coach out the rest of the year. Because if that's if that's really where you're at, if you don't view yourself as a team that can make the playoffs, then I think you've got to strip it down. And I don't understand why you'd even want to change your coach when he's on an expiring deal and you're, you're, you've got Connor Bedard kind of hanging out in the balance every Everywhere else. Oh, they don't, don't, they don't want anything to do with being in that conversation. Well, they're, they're, they're it's all about being in the team. playoffs. But here's here's the, the problem. Bruce Boudreaux was not the president of hockey operations choice to coach I this know. team. He was not the general manager's choice to coach this team. They want, I, I, and I, I firmly believe this, I think if mm. management had their choice, the decision would be made. 
Sure. The owner, he's looking at the dollars and cents. He's saying, why would we do that? Because Bruce Boudreaux last year had sure. everybody eating out of his hand. Remember the Bruce, there it is, and he, he got do. them from, from the disastrous, another one, a start, uh, they, where they were dead and buried and got them as part of the conversation last year, one of the best records in the second half of the year. This yeah. summer, I heard it from, from people that were interviewing there as assistant coaches that they wanted somebody in there who could provide some structure. Bradshaw had left. Uh, and and they wanted somebody either to coach the defense or to be involved with the organization as an assistant coach who would give them a lot more structure. And then it comes out in an interview three weeks ago where the president of hockey operations mentions, we need more structure. We don't have enough structure. So ding, ding, match what I was told, what, uh, what he said, and doubles down on it a couple of weeks later ago, maybe a week and a half uh, uh, ago, where he's yeah. talking about uh, that, that he's not happy with, with what's going on and the way they're playing, and which leads to structure and style of play. Uh, I, I think a lot of the messaging over the course of the summer, to be quite honest, has affected the way this team plays. And, sure. I, and, and you may think that I'm uh, out in left field with that, but I think the players knew from those on the inside of the hockey talk, that Bruce was a basically a lame duck coach. He had a contract for this year. They refused to give him a contract uh, beyond this year. And then the talk about how they weren't happy with his preparation got out. They all knew they're, they're almost waiting for it to change. But I don't think the owner wants to do it just yet because of money. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's a weird thing for me in that I, I – I just don't understand what needling Bruce Boudreaux is really doing for you. Like, I, I just, I don't get it's it. It's terrible. Like, there, there are a lot of ways to look at this beyond just coaching. Um, you can have the, the greatest structure in the world, but if you look at the Vancouver Canucks defense, they're bad. It's just a, a it's not a good quality defense, uh, defense core. And so, like, as much as you want to put all of the blame, all of the emphasis on your coach – uh, like if you're Jim Rutherford, if you're Patrick Alvine, like you've got to take a look in the mirror at what you've got. And yes, a lot of that was set up by Jim Benning before you, but you have a choice. You had a choice to, to not go into this season uh, with JT Miller on a long-term extension. You had a choice to look at how things started at the beginning of the year, not locked into something long-term there, and see if you could use that as a valuable trade chip to potentially bring in something. No, I that think they're fine with that. More. Ryan, I think I they're fine with JT Miller. They, they, no, they, that's going to be a bad contract. It's well, already a bad contract. You may, you may think he, that, but as far as the management there, they like the signing. They made it happen. They couldn't get something done with Bo Horvat. Yeah. They like the signing. Uh, they, they're, they're fine with that. It's uh, the coaching side and, and not being able to win those games, blowing those leads mm-hmm. was, in a way, playing right into the hands of the management. And so you that's why you've heard so much uh, rhetoric uh, what, coming out of that what's front more, office. What's more, what's more the reason here? Like, what, what do you think is the bigger reason the Vancouver Canucks are, are as bad or have been as bad as they are this season? Do you think it's coaching or do you think it's roster construction? Well, I think it's their blue line, and they've got nowhere near the level of goaltending that they were expecting. Not even close. One of the biggest disappointments in goal this year has been the play 
of Thatcher Demko, which has allowed Spencer Martin to get more starts. But they were expecting a lot different play out of out of Thatcher Demko this year than than what they've received. So the blue line is not great. Uh, I think Quinn Hughes has struggled at times in his in his own end. He's not a shutdown guy anyway. But uh, but they've sure. they've scored enough, and they're they're third in the league in first period goals. Third out of thirty two teams. That's good enough to get you wins in a in a league where you get the advantage. It's fifty fifty whether you're going to hold on uh, to that uh, through overtime or through regulation. Maybe you, you win in overtime. Like the the success rate of grabbing an early lead, a multi goal lead, is good. But uh, I don't think their blue line has been nearly as good, and the goaltending outside of the last game against LA, and he was good that game. He got some 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 bounces, but he was good that game. Uh, and I think he goes again tonight. Uh, I don't know uh, that they, well, I know that they haven't got uh, that level, not even close to the level of goaltending when you talk about consistency and it's different save environment. They face higher pressure situations uh, than, than Vegas gives up, certainly. Uh, but as far as consistency and what you can rely on night to night, Vegas had way better goaltending than Vancouver. So again, the question, roster construction or coaching? No, oh, it's, it's, it's the... Well, I should be careful. What what's cost them is their blue line and their goaltending. Now, their goaltending should be good enough. So that that's roster construction. That's that's not a fault of putting together the roster. That the 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 play of the goalie hasn't been nearly as good. So that that's a one that you you got to be careful when you evaluate that with roster construction uh, or or coaching. But the coaching does have to live with the blown leads sure. early. In, in, so in the first eight I, games. They, you you got to wear that. And I'm right there with you. In terms of how the Canucks lost, at, at, certainly to start the season, uh, you go coaching all the way. Like uh, the, You have to be able to in this league, if you've got a multi-goal lead, if you're playing well and you're converting and you're finding ways to, to push other teams on your heel, heels, you have to be able to come up with a way to convert those to points in your bank, 100%. Uh, but I do think that your larger point, Darren, about all the messaging, all the all the stuff that have, has come out about the structure needing to be better, all the stuff about the training camp being poor, and, and, and all of that that has gotten to the media and has been surrounding this team has put this entire organization on eggshells. Oh, absolutely. Day, play, players all, hear that from their agents. Yeah, and 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 that's that's the biggest. Like to me, I don't really understand what your what your front office is doing to to serve any of this. If Bruce Boudreaux's not your guy, you've got to make you a can't. line. In if the, the owner won't sign off on it, you can't make him make him figure it out. Then make him have, have you him have sign you off on it. Have you signed off on on uh, on things and been overruled? Of course you have. Uh, and this is the same type of situation where you want to do something, you can't okay, you because wanna, the owner's so, making so the call, then, and the owner is very, very involved in the Vancouver Then Canucks. that's fine. What does the owner want more than anything else? More, more, more than anything else, what does the owner want? He wants, wants to, to, to playoffs, make money. Right? Make money. He wants to make money, get to the playoffs, get that playoff gate. If you firmly believe... You're Jim Rutherford, you're Patrick Alvin, you firmly believe Bruce Boudreaux's not that guy, and you can still get there... Then you've got to find a way to get through. Because you're just—they do. Just I'm telling you, they do. Bruce, you 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 you're right on the money. They do. They just 
can't. There's a push pull, and maybe it will happen. I, I assume the way things are going, it could happen, and it might happen as. Uh, I, and, uh, and Bruce, I hope gets out of this. And yeah, I agree. I've, I've sent him notes of, of support. I hope he gets through this. Not tonight. I hope it's a, a two-one loss in in the grand scheme, or a Vegas win, uh, but a, but a close yeah. uh, close game. But uh, I hope he gets through it, and I hope he gets to to stand tall because he's uh, he's been treated unfairly. We we'll take a break uh, when we come back. We've got tickets to give away for later in the week against the Kraken. So stand by your phone. No open lines today. But we are going to open the phones, and you can talk to my buddy Chris and maybe win a couple of tickets. So we'll give those away in just a little bit. We also have one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, and you hear from Bruce Cassidy ahead of this game tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Golden Knights, Vancouver Canucks, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 7.30 start tonight. So Ryan Wallace will have the pregame show at 6.30. Looking forward to this one. Final Pacific Division opponent that Vegas hasn't seen yet. So we'll see how they match up there. I've got a question for you guys. I need to lean on you. This is sort of some inner office tension that I have to work through with somebody. Oh, okay. All right? Got it. Chapman, Got it. You, you be perfect at this. Okay. I really think that you'll be good at this. So, you know, last week uh, we had the ice cream. I sat there and, and ate the ice cream, a secret creamery, yep. with uh, with Riley Smith. Yes. And then I had the ice cream, and I took it back to my desk, and my colleague, India, uh, was staring at me. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mrs. Shea was just, uh, like, giving me the, I want that ice cream. So I offered up. Sure. said, do you, want, do you want something? Yeah. Yeah. Took it all. Ate Half of my ice cream, hmm. which I'm I'm I don't I'm okay with being a nice guy, mm-hmm. nice she's a nice kid, but I would have liked a little bit more of the ice cream. Hmm. But I managed to get through it today. I find out that India went to see her grandparents in California uh-huh. on the weekend and got brownies sent back with her, some good nice. fresh brownies. Okay, mm-hmm. do you know where those spent the whole day? Not with you. Exactly. So should I, should I be ticked off about this, or no. is it just rub the green and you gotta accept whatever happens? No, you shouldn't be upset about it. Because um, I shared my ice cream. Yeah, but like it, it's not like you have to share everything all the time. You shared your ice cream because you were a nice guy. No, I shared my ice cream because she was staring a hole through my head (laughs) because she wanted it. You made the decision. You made the decision. Darren, you are a grown-up, despite what a lot of people might think about you. (laughs) You are a grown-up, and you are responsible for your own actions. If you didn't want to give her ice cream in the first place, you shouldn't have done it. If you were going to come back later and be like, oh, man, I didn't want to give up all my ice cream, then you shouldn't have done it in the first place. It's the same thing as Chapman bringing up that he was upset about Christmas music, but he didn't get up and leave and 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 mm-hmm. walk away, and then brought or it up anything, in a different yeah. spot. It, it's it's the same thing. You are essentially in this moment, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman. Well, no, I've Darren, mentioned see, something. I'm, I'm on your side here. Yeah, I'm, of I'm course totally, you are. Yes, of because, course you are. Because, yeah, boy, listen, thanks, buddy. The same I, thing with I, Christmas music. I don't know India, thanks, and I'm guessing after this, she probably isn't going to like me very much. But listen, you 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 gave her 
some of your ice cream, and she made yes. it very clear that she wanted some, and it wasn't like it was like six months ago. No, it was, it was just like last week. Four days ago. I have, yeah. I have a question. I have a question. Did the brownies make it into the office? No. Oh. I got a picture on the group. Oh. I got a picture on the group everything. There's a group text that we have. Of course, Chapman. I of course, group Chapman. Task, text, and, and I saw the brownies, and she said, oh, Grandma sent me home with this. I'm like, where was mm-hmm. that today? So I've said well, something. Did she her? share them with anyone did else you, in the I, office? I have did made say, hey, my point of view very I... clear. There okay, better be so brownies tomorrow. <laughs> you said that to her? On my desk. Really? Yes. That was in the group text. You said, I want to eat those brownies. You better I better have brownies okay. on my desk. Really? And I've also told Ashley Vice. That there better be some Timbits in the department tomorrow from Tim Hortons. See, I, I don't, I don't trust that that's accurate. What do you mean? I would I just, not I make this up. I'm hurt. Okay. I'm disappointed. Don't know whether I, I can even I don't do know the last half you, hour. You didn't, you didn't have to give the ice cream if it was going to upset. Well, if it, this if, much. if it happened today, no <laughs> way like, she's getting the ice like, cream. Uh, we got tickets uh, for the Seattle Kraken to give away later on next uh, hour for Friday's game at the Fortress. And Saturday's game is all about the reverse retro jersey. Hour number two or the second half. Eh, it's one half hour. Uh, coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. White Cloud feed to the right, back in front. White Cloud scores! White Cloud bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle. Went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Eichel, nine seconds through the left circle. Number nine closing in. He scores! It's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel, two to one Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Amazing matchup. I don't know whether this intrigues you or not, but uh, I get uh, excited about this stuff uh, when it comes to coaches who uh, stand by on the bench and they've been around for a while and they've had some great success. What kind of wrinkles will we see? Uh, the best coach ever against the Vegas Golden Knights is Bruce Boudreaux, despite the, the record so far this year. He's got a 632-point percentage among coaches who have coached at least 500 games. Number four all-time. Bruce Cassidy is third all-time at... 639. So two top five coaches squaring off tonight at Rogers Arena in Vancouver as the Golden Knights complete this mini two-game road trip. I got a point out of Edmonton and will try to come home with three out of four, providing they upset the Vancouver Canucks uh, tonight. And it's game 20 for Vegas tonight. So you know what that means? Quarter pole. Put the quarter pole as of tonight. And it could be with a win. A franchise equaling best opening 20 for the Vegas Golden Knights. That's how good the record has been to start. Well, it's been a it's been a fantastic opening 19 games for the Golden Knights, and you want to see it continue into game number 20. You'd like to get uh, two points out of this one, three points out of a possible four on this quick two-game road trip. And I think, you know, for the Golden Knights, it was it, it was important to reestablish themselves as a top team in the division because there was so much unknown 
going into the year as to whether or not they'd be healthy. And there was more unknown whether or not their goaltenders were going to be able to do the job. And so far, uh, the Golden Knights have, have passed all of those tests early on. Uh, but now it's about building upon the foundation that they've laid over the first 20 games. Should we do some uh, report cards tomorrow on the Vegas Golden Knights sure. opening quarter? Send in some fun. grades and see how they've fared. Uh, game by game, we're a little inconsistent as a threesome. But I wonder if you go line by line, and it's the current lines that we would evaluate the way they are right now. Sure. The defense, uh, I'm not sure pairings necessarily uh, merit it because they are a collective and very deep with their top six. It's uh, a little unusual that you wouldn't have one pairing above the rest or one pairing above. Uh, uh, really far below the other other four. So it's uh, I'm going to lump the defensemen all in one group and the goaltending uh, as well. So let's go line by line, defense and goaltending, and maybe uh, the so a couple of uh, just others if if you want to uh, come up with those. I've I've done the hard part. I've really yeah. created the segment, and uh, we'll give some grades sure. tomorrow. And it uh, it shouldn't be weighted by recency bias. On this road trip, no matter what happens tonight, I hope uh, I hope the, that uh, you're able to distance yourself <laughs> from that. Uh, I will tell you this: the opening twenty that concludes tonight has been very uh -huh. successful and bodes some big things and happy things to come. I uh, got this uh, out of uh, my sports scans on the weekend. Uh, all the uh, various articles that uh, come out from around the National Hockey League, and I think I'm the only one in the world that reads it cover to cover but this thursday we know is thanksgiving day and in the salary yeah. cap era which goes back to 2005 2006 yep i'm gonna throw a number at you in the salary okay. cap era on thanksgiving day 76.8 percent of nhl teams holding a playoff spot end up making the playoffs okay so there's a 75% chance that you're going to make the playoffs. Now, Vegas is going to be in a playoff position for sure on Thursday. So uh, mark that down. They've accomplished that. A year ago, the Rangers were one of the eight teams in the East holding a playoff spot in Thanksgiving, uh, and all seven of the others made it. So the New York Rangers were the surprise team last year in the Eastern Conference. They had a playoff spot at Thanksgiving, and they were able to hold on to it. The interesting part was in the West, and that's where five of the eight teams holding onto a playoff spot qualified. Okay. But three didn't. Sure. One of those was Vegas, and they got beat down by the injuries. Like, they were great. They were in first place at the All-Star game, and you, you take that moment to exhale, and we've all done it, where you work your butt off for a couple of weeks at your job, or you have a crazy couple of weeks with the family, and you get two days off, and you're more tired by the second day than you were in the midst of uh, of all the chaos at work or, or with the family. I think that's what, what got – and then they never got really healthier along the way. So that treadmill that they were on, uh, they, they were they were exhausted. But, but you look at it, and you say, boy, that's pretty impressive – when, when you're looking at uh, at all those teams that are in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving mm -hmm. end up making the playoffs, is that more or did you think that there would be more changeover? Now, 
the one thing that I should say is in the East last year, like it was all done by the All Star break. Like yeah. the top eight were yeah. were secured. Uh, a little more fluidity, uh, I think, uh, this year. But did you think there'd be more adjustments along the way? No, I, I figured that you know seventy five percent, give or take, was was really where the number was going to be. It's a uh, you know, more or less two teams that are in a playoff spot at this time in each conference are going to fall out or are expected to fall out. And I think uh, the big the big question mark is, you know, when you're looking at the Western Conference right now as it stands, if you're looking at the Eastern Conference right now as it stands, are there any candidates that jump out to you as, okay, these are the teams that are maybe a mirage, maybe not as good as their early season success would indicate, um, you know, and, and I think that that's going to be like the really fun question as we go throughout the season, because we'll have, we'll have the data, right? We'll have, we'll know which teams on Thursday are in a spot and then we'll see how that kind of correlates towards the end of the season. I thought there'd be more fluidity with, with the standings really? after Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's only a quarter of the season. It, yeah, and but- last year it wasn't even a quarter of the season. So I, I really do uh, think that, uh, that there'll be more, uh, Teams that we miss, maybe maybe it'll be uh, twelve, maybe it'll be eleven that make the playoffs. Uh, that are teams that they're in a, in a postseason spot as of Thanksgiving. But if you go by the top eight now, uh, and we'll go west: Dallas, Colorado, sure. Winnipeg, Vegas, LA, mm-hmm. Seattle, and then Edmonton, St. Louis are your wild cards. Do you think yeah. Calgary's going to end up missing the playoffs? No. No. So somebody's coming really. out. Minnesota oh, yeah. going to make Seattle. the playoffs. I didn't have them in to begin with, but they could. They've they've shown sparks uh, to it. But Calgary is probably the only. I think there'll be one change in the West uh, for that. In the East, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, New Jersey, Carolina, Islanders, Detroit, and the Rangers. And it's interesting. Islanders didn't make the playoffs last year. Jersey didn't make the playoffs last year. Detroit didn't make the playoffs last year. So you got a lot of newcomers in the mix at Thanksgiving, which which begs the question. Those that were in last year that are out. Pittsburgh, are they going to miss? Florida, are they going to miss? Montreal's played better. Philadelphia's played okay. Washington, they're beat up. Are they going to miss? Yes, they are. They're in a hole right now. Can you dig yourself out of it? They're only five points out right now. <laughs> And then, yeah, so you look at Pittsburgh, Florida. I think they make it. So well, then Washington? you've got you've got you've got no no Pittsburgh and Florida. I, I think they okay. make it. Pittsburgh and Florida. Okay, okay. So yeah, then you've got, you've got so you've got three teams, maybe four if you give Washington okay. a nod, or maybe five if you give Minnesota a fighting chance. I'm Nashville's also in the mix, but I just can't That's, go there. There's like there's 75%. a lot of there's a lot of chance for change this year. It, not I mean, not not really. Like you're you're talking about two ish teams in in the West, and you're talking about two or three teams in the East. That that correlates. Well, like, you get down to ten, about, ten out of sixteen. That's a lot compared okay. to the percentages. It would only be twelve out of sixteen. That would be the percentage right on the money. Well, no. If you if you add in your Minnesotas, uh, if if you if yeah, you not, throw I'm in, not adding them in. You're, I'm saying like you're you're looking at Calgary and you're looking at Minnesota, right in the West. Is that correct? Like yep. those are the teams that you can see right now. 
So if those two teams come in and two teams come out, then you're right on the percentage. And in the East, you're looking at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Florida, Florida. You said Washington. I think Washington has a chance. Uh, Okay, especially with now. Now does does Detroit? I I think they come out. But who else? Jersey's got a sizable cushion there. So that's going to be really big, and it's going to be it's going to be up to a team like the Islanders. Do they come out? Do the Rangers? Like, there's your vulnerable teams in there, and and Washington has proven that they can they can go on a heater. But I oh, I just yeah. I just thought it would be I thought it, uh, there'd be more uh, movement after Thanksgiving than I know Kenny Holland's always said if you're in at Thanksgiving you're good, but. Uh, Given uh, the the parity in the league, I, I thought there would be more. Uh, Vegas is is in a great spot right now, uh, leading the Pacific Division fourteen four and one. If they win tonight, they hit into the thirties uh, for points and on pace for like a hundred and twenty point season. Like how about that? Like the the team record is one hundred nine. So that's how good this uh, this first half. You know the first ten road games, you guys. They uh they're they're uh what eight and eight one and one uh to yep. start like that yep. that blows away the next mm-hmm. best first ten on the road it's not even close how much they've put in the bank with the, with their road performances and they get a chance to uh to uh, play again on the road tonight against the Vancouver Canucks and a big part of it has been sure Jack's been great. And Chandler's been awesome. The two players on your top line who have been lighting it up. But there's a big part of spreading things around and responsibility around the misfits uh, back together. Here's Bruce Cassidy on the balance. Well, we've got a good group of players, and, and we don't have to overextend any one particular player. Uh, there's always going to be a night, maybe a little bit, uh, guys that play in both special teams. But in general... I feel like we've been in close games and all our lines are able to defend so you're not chasing matchups. There's some you prefer. Uh, on, on the back end, our, our first pair, second pair, third pair, to me, they, they, you know, they, they can all play the game and play it well and defend and add some offense if necessary. So I think we have a lot of just you know, solid pieces and um, you know, go right to the goaltending. Both of them have given us you know, good starts. So... Uh, I think that's what it is, and they've bought into playing the right way most nights, so it's easier to roll four lines when, when you do that. They, we, I feel like we've been talking about Vegas being a four-line team since the inception of the hockey club in that expansion yeah. year, and they were forced to be a four-line team at that stage. And as they added stars, it became a more challenging to be a true four-line team. I know you had your fourth line that went out and banged and crashed. But as far as ice time, the distribution of those minutes, it really wasn't a true four-line team if you go by equal shares. And you'll never be that way. Not 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 in a salary cap era where you got to pinch and, and tuck a, a little bit. But this is, this is really close, and they've got their production. Every forward that's played a game this year, except for one, has scored a goal. Mm-hmm. And and that's yeah. because Jake Lasician's only played two games, and sure. I think he's going in tonight uh, from the the line rushes today. But but you talk about that balance and the incredible uh, contribution spread across the board. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that from uh, a matter of goals being distributed around that t- top fourteen. If you want to include the couple of uh, guys that are in and out of the lineup. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, balance and depth, right? Like, that's kind of been the the story of the first 20 games or so for the Vegas Golden Knights is it, it, on any given night, you can have your fourth line chip in with a big game. You can have Nick Waugh or, or Keegan Colasar or, or Will Carrier chip in with a goal when you need it. Um, or you can have Jack Eichel dominate. You can have Mark Stone dominate. You can have the Misfits dominate. And that's really been uh, the key to me so far this season for the Golden Knights is that they they haven't had they haven't had to rely on just one line to do all the damage. They've been able to uh, really score a ton of goals throughout the lineup. And, you know, you look at the number of players in double digits in terms of points, you look at how, how, how evenly everything's kind of distributed from a goal scoring perspective. Um, it's been balanced and, and you're leaning into your depth when healthy. That's really what the Golden Knights have been able to do. So goals of the year, when you think about the Big performances in the opening quarter. I've got sure. Eichel's dunk on Winnipeg. Uh, mm-hmm. Cotter's goal, one nothing, at home against Chicago. Big one. Yeah. Riley Smith, shorthanded from William Colasar in Toronto. Or, sorry, uh, William Carlson in Toronto. Big one. Yep. And my yep. fourth one, Keegan Colasar off the back of the helmet. <laughs> you can't make that up. Yeah. And all the good okay. looks he's had over the course of his time so, in Vegas, and then that one goes. And it was a, a shot from Shea that, like, uh, Megan Bozik called it headhunting. They call that a headhunter. Uh, but uh, okay. off the, the back of the head and in. I I know the bit you're doing, and that's totally fine. What's but the bit? But you're telling me that Keegan Colasar, Keegan Colasar off the back of his helmet is, is a bigger goal in the grand context of, of the Golden Knights than Phil Kessel's 400th in it w- in the game where he sets the Ironman record? That's a sign when the puck goes off the back of your helmet and in that you're getting breaks oh, as a team. Okay. And that's why you end up 14-4-1. you got to look at the big uh, picture. Right. you you got the blinders sure. on right now. Yeah. you got to expand okay. your range. Back yeah, of the head and in. That's pretty cool, uh, but there is there is an area that uh, the coach would like to improve on, and Ashley Vice talked to him today about uh, evolving as a team. We got to get to that sixty minute game. Um, we're almost this will be basically the quarter pole after tonight, and um, there's some areas we could turn the corner on, and that's getting out of those uh, funks when the game gets away. Well, that's puck management. I think when we manage the puck and get back to playing a little north south get our feet back under us, um, we'll eventually get to our game again and, and can a lot of times take over because we got good players. So that's the biggest thing. Consistency on special teams, I think, as well. Our power play, it's not going to score every night, but it needs to be a momentum builder. It wasn't in Edmonton. Uh, so those are a couple areas I feel that you know we, we have room for improvement for sure. Not worried, but there's mm-hmm. areas to adjust, to tweak. Yeah, I, I mean, every every team has areas to adjust and tweak, and you, the whole point of, of 82 games is to not necessarily be playing your best hockey over the first 20 games. It's to be playing your best hockey in the final 20 games going into the playoffs. So, yeah, but sometimes uh, you get yeah, a coach you where... You want to build. Sometimes you get a coach that'll just come out and he'll start talking about things that don't really matter, but they, they have to mm-hmm. because no coach is ever going to sit there going, we're great. We're awesome. I, I think there's validity to what uh, what Butch has to say there. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I think, 
you know, again, it, it, you're not going to be dialed in every single night for 82 games for a full 60 minutes. That's not necessarily going to happen. But it does provide the Golden Knights this opportunity to focus on their game, focus on that process of getting better, rolling as a team, being better the next 20 games than they were the first 20 games, and maybe not as not not just looking at results, but looking at different metrics. And I think for a Golden Knights team that last year didn't get to grow into their game because they were just kind of holding on for dear life with all the injuries in and out of the lineup, um, you, you can't really discount the ability to, to dial it in and focus on certain aspects that you think can be better. Uh, I'm in Studio 31, so I need to do a on-air consultation with Chapman. Just where are we for time? Because I want to fit in a couple of things. And I want to give away the tickets. Well, we have four minutes and 45 seconds. All right, perfect. Uh, and and did that go over the air? Were you yeah, on the air? Yes, it did. Yeah. Nice. Love so that. So I will hit the music in four minutes and now 40 seconds. Thank you. Uh, let's go with, uh, with one-timers right now, Chapman. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Kick it off by giving away some tickets for Friday's game against the Seattle Kraken. Be the ninth caller in to 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. I remember I gave Darren Elliott a number to call in one time, but it was the number to Sam and Ash, and he got he got their front yep. desk. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's not 1234. It's uh, 702-876-1340. Be caller number nine, and you will win a couple of tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights against the Seattle Kraken. I'm looking forward to the opening, the on-ice opening. I wanted to bring back the big octopus again and uh, and do that, or whether they're going to change it up. And then Saturday is the reverse retro night, the first time they're going to wear those jerseys. Special in-game entertainment for that one. Brand new show for Saturday. So if you're thinking about going and you're trying to find some tickets, try harder because it's going to be awesome on Saturday. Uh, against the Vancouver Canucks, so with all the -the glow-in-the-dark jerseys and the black light, and it's going to be a wild show. We had uh, Tyler Ferraro on the Nighttime at Noon show today. We'll bring you some of that interview later on in the week uh, about uh, what they're planning uh, to do for Saturday's game. Uh, Here's a weird stat. I gave this one to Elliot today. Uh, Do you believe in in weird stats, or do you you think that they're just a bunch of baloney? Wallace? Uh... I mean, I usually err on the side of baloney, but knock my socks off. Let's see. All right. The Hurricanes and Jets, two 10-win teams play tonight. The Mm -hmm. Hurricanes, did you know, are barely a 500 team when they play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Barely 500. Okay. But they're 4-0 on Mondays. Do you think that has any impact on tonight's result? Uh, no. No, uh, Elliot said the same thing. I'm in the minority on this. He's smart. You too. He's a smart man. Logical people fitting logic into this. Weird. Uh, Dallas Weird. Stars have won six of their last seven meetings with Colorado. Does that influence your thinking about whether the uh, Stars continue to run? Uh, No. No, no? It, it doesn't. Okay, I, well, I so what like... about Vegas against Vancouver? Okay. 
because Vegas has uh, owned no, I, the Vancouver Canucks except for the last two. Well, the Vancouver's only wins ever against the Golden Knights have been the last two games they played. Uh, the the Golden Knights ten zero and two in the first twelve meetings, right, that and would, they've lost the last two. That would indicate that would indicate that, that like that's that's the proof, right? That the the statistics don't really matter in this in this spot. Like you play enough games, teams are going to to find wins. Like the Vancouver Canucks have been able to win a couple of games against the Golden Knights. I don't think that that has any bearing or impact as to what's going to happen tonight because uh, completely different teams in in my estimation from you know what the Golden Knights were last year to where they are right now. Um, it, it doesn't correlate to me. It just doesn't. Hey, who is the who is the groom in Hangover? Can't remember what, the, what was that guy's name. Like uh, the not not the actor, uh, but the character. Richard. Oh, no. You're you're that Richard. guy though. Um, like we're gonna, I'm gonna get uh, you out, and we're gonna live a little, and we're just gonna get. Well, just I, I'm, right not, I'm not gonna live. off the I'm rails. Be up on the up on the roof. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, but but it took a while to get you up on the roof because you're way too logical. We don't know that. Logic is important. We don't know that. Logic is uh, is really important. Hey, uh, Nathan McKinnon, here's one for you. The first player with 26 mm. points through the Avs opening 16 games since Peter Forsberg mm. in 96, Stanley yeah, Cup year. McKinnon, like there's no fall off in that. And they've had some injuries and he's not affected at all. That's pretty impressive stuff. No, it's uh, Nathan McKinnon's really, really good. Uh, I'm not surprised that Nathan McKinnon has hasn't really trailed off uh, so far this season. I think that uh, we're looking at a very, very good hockey player. He's done the opposite. He's up the ante. That's tough to do after winning a Stanley Cup. Oh, he's always been good. Well, maybe maybe a couple more goals. His his contract looks really good right now. Next year it'll be. Yeah. Ah, you know what? He did that when he was making six million. Now he's making twelve. We gotta get more bang for our buck. Uh, Vegas no, against no Vancouver tonight. We got the pregame show coming your way. We also have another pair of tickets, and we also have another pair of tickets. So I thought you said there was only one pair. Two pair. Uh, two pair of tickets. So let's go. Caller number five to seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. Right now, caller number five, bonus action for tickets. Ryan Wallace with the pregame show right after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas.